What's up, lovelies? It is your girl, Shanti Das, and I am so excited to be here today. Sometimes you just got to stop what you're doing and make it happen. Uh, you know, God Facts. is good, right? Yes, indeed, all the time. Raise one up for JC. Mm-hmm. Got a call from our girl, Ken and Kent, today and told me um, that we were able to work something out, so we had to stop and do an extra podcast because this young lady is extra special. I'm hype about this one. I cannot wait. And I've been a fan because I know she had, was doing her thing for years, writing, and mm-hmm. then launched her own career in 2012, and so it's just a real honor. So I know everybody's wondering um, who we have on the show today. So you are tuned in to Episode 9 of the Silence of Shame podcast. Free, actually, I have to give you credit for this. So the title mm-hmm. of the podcast today is Girl Disrupted. Yeah, 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 because that's the album title, and I think yes. that just goes perfect. It is so perfect. Um, so everybody, let's welcome to the show Seven Streeter, which I think is now she's known as Seven. Hey. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much. I'll take Seven. I'll take Seven Streeter. I'll take Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I answered to all of them, man. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Well, it's a real honor. And congratulations on your latest project. Um, We'll make sure that before we get off the call that you can tell everybody where we can get the new music and how we can support you and talk a little bit about if you're hitting the road. But um, really, really excited to have you a part of this conversation today. So as we mentioned, the title is Girl Disrupted, Seven Streeters Fight Against Depression. And, you know, we read some of the articles that came out when you launched your project. And one, just, you know, kudos to you for being open and honest and sharing. Um, Can you talk to us about when you um, when did you first start to recognize that you were actually dealing with depression? And what was that experience like for you? Um, You know, it wasn't really I I, I probably didn't even know what name to get. Mm -hmm. Which, Which most of the time is like that. Yeah. I just knew that I was really, really sad and that um, I just knew that I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And it, mm. it, it, I had a couple of days um, that were like that. It's like every day I'll wake up and contrary to what most people may have, you know, been seeing on my Instagram or mm-hmm. even family that's close to me, you know, being able to look at at the things that, I, that I've accomplished and then being very proud, mm-hmm. um, it, I still wasn't able to you know, those were the things that I would think about or I would see or I would, you know, um, feel good about when I would wake up. I would just, you know, I, and I say all the time, I started to realize that um, there were a number of little things that kind of piled up on, on top of each other. And some of it was career related. Some of it was love life related. Some of it was family related. You know, people that I do business with related to that, those type of situations. And I just knew that I didn't feel good and I could not find one single solitary thing in my life to be happy about and I would you know for a long time I held it in and then I would you know I'm very close to my, my parents and I okay. would talk to my mom and she'd be like what's wrong and I'm like you know this is like this and that is like I literally could not just I couldn't find one thing and that was the beginning of realizing okay I've never been in a test space before because normally I'm the type that I can pray my way out of anything but and that's what we say in, in our community right, right. <laughs> you can pray it away yeah yeah. So let Probably me ask you this. Was it in 2012 or shortly thereafter when you first started um, feeling this way? Well, I mean, what is this right now? We're in 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2006, 
16 was a really, really tough year in 2015 towards the, like, towards the end of it. I will say 2016 was the peak of it all. You know, once I was able to kind of look back on it, I realized where, you know, it began. And I want to say it kind of started around the end of, you know, mid to the end of 2015. And mm-hmm. 16 is where it snowballed. I have a question, um, and, and this is Free the Vision, the calls with Shanti here. Um, was it any kind of specific thing that you feel like might have been a trigger to kind of taking you into that spiral? Oh, my God, so many things. Um, so many. I say um, people think just because, like, you know, um, someone, you know, may be on TV or someone may be mm-hmm. a doctor or somebody may be a teacher or, you know, you know, may be a waitress or whatever. It doesn't matter what line of work somebody is in. One of the main triggers for me was my job. Okay. And mm-hmm. I think that any time um, that you, you know, you work so hard at one particular thing, and in my case, um, you know, I've been doing this since I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. I've had records since I was 15 years old mm-hmm. in girl groups. And so um, it for me, you know, my trigger is one was my career because mm-hmm. you know when you feel like you work extremely extremely hard and you know you want things to be in a certain place and that's not always god's plan you have to be patient and um you know that was a huge trigger for me um you know a couple other things were triggers uh, another trigger for me was finding out that you know the only sister that i've known for 30 years we found out um I think in I think it was the end of 2015, going in yeah that Christmas of mm. 2015, and right around the holiday. That, yeah, that my sister of 30 years is not my biological sister. Oh wow! And, How did you find that out? If I can ask. Yeah, she um she she actually she found out um she had heard a few you know a little some speculations and heard and seeked it out and found out and set us down and told us and. Um, I think the the hard part with dealing with that is the fact that her mother had known for 30 years. She knew the entire time, and so that was really tough to deal with because we had gone through a lot as a family Mm -hmm. with that. So that took a really major toll on me. Um, You know, I lost my grandfather last year, and Mm -hmm. we lost him in like a week, which was, um, was extremely devastating. I was with him the day that he got sick, and I had to help my dad pick him up. Um, and, and physically put him in the car to rush him to the hospital. And mm-hmm. I left and went out of town, and I came back a week later and, you know, went straight to the hospital, and he was, you know, on his deathbed, and we lost him a day or two after that. I'm so sorry that, that was was devastating for me because anybody who knows me, I'm extremely close to my family. I grew up on a street called Forest Street, and, and that was the street that he, he lived on. So that was tough. Um, then, you know, yeah, every day, you know, I'm a woman out here who, you know, is dating and looking for love. And, you know, mm-hmm. Girl, don't, ain't that scary. the truth? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that doesn't That's come hard. It's ups and downs and mm-hmm. it's bruises and heartaches. And, you know, I was in a very public relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it, it didn't actually it didn't end badly. But, you know, anytime you're coming out of a relationship, you take that time to be to yourself and then you you know, try to dip your toe out there and, you know, you're, you're looking to date a little bit more and trying to jump into that. So, you know, dating and love and that whole type of thing, that can take a toll. That was also a trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, last but not least, you know, I had management that I was with for, you know, at least like five years that um, 
earlier this year, we actually, you know, I had to, you know, move on past my management and, and let go of my yeah, management. That, that can be tough. And, um, and yeah, and that was really tough on me too, because, um, you know, these are people that I've loved and I have loved for five years and, you know, I just had to do what was best for me. And so, um, all of those things combined, mm-hmm. um, oh, and not to mention my, one of my childhood friends, um, was killed last year. Oh, on, no. Probably a block from my grandma's house on the football field that I grew up on. Like, and that completely took us, you know, like it, it, it took all of us by storm. So it, there were just so many different things that were just like, it's like every time I would look up, it was like, I don't see a reason to smile. I'm not happy. Like, and you know, it, and, and I got to a place to where I, I didn't even want to pray for myself and I'd never been in that place before. Tell me this. Um, and one, thank you for sharing all of that because I know that can't be easy to be that vulnerable. Um, were you afraid being an entertainer? And I know just from having worked in the entertainment industry as an executive for so long, um, to start sharing into being open. Like, did mm-hmm. you go through any anxiety, you know, prior to kind of sharing your story and talking about it? Um, I'd be lying if I said absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't my main. I didn't focus on that part of it. You know, um, which is great because I wish more people in entertainment would be willing to share like you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not the easiest thing um, to share. I mean, nothing personal about yourself um, in terms of like social media and being an an entertainer or however they want to say celebrity, whatever. Nothing personal is ever going to be easy to share. It's just you have to attach it to a bigger purpose. And for me, what me speaking about this was you know i i was i didn't i couldn't even complete my album and put my album out without making sure that i had a song on my album that spoke to what i was going through because Mm -hmm. you know if i didn't i would feel like okay i have this album talking about love and sex and all these other things but girl you've been depressed for a year and a half you're not gonna touch on that like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're not you're not gonna you you just gonna skip right over that part huh absolutely that did not feel right me and you know um it was very important for me to share that and even before the album came out you know i admitted it to my fans on my instagram so i just had a really 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 tough day one day and then the very next day i was like okay that's it i gotta tell them something because honestly fans are your fans are smart mm-hmm. especially the ones, the ones who know you and the ones who pay attention and um i just feel like certain things as much as you may try to conceal them um at least for me this was one thing that i couldn't hide because it's even if you look back on my Instagram around that period of time before mm-hmm. I admitted that to them, one day I was like happy posting happy stuff. The next day I was posting things that were, you know, that were speaking to my depression, but they yeah. didn't know where that was coming from. And if they follow so, you on a regular basis, like mm-hmm. you said, they know your pattern, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. they know your thought process for the most part. Yeah. And well, then the other artists go through it and go, oh, okay, oh, well, today they're going through this. Mm-hmm. We can see. We can um, you know, so my and my fans are very smart. You know what I mean. So I, I just I have to. I'm sorry to interrupt. I also saw when you um put that out on your IG that you said you can't put a filter over life, and I think yeah. that that was a really like powerful statement, especially for people like I think a lot of times consumers and fans don't realize that it is a job as you referred to it. Like they see it as just like a lifestyle and fun and, and fun and yeah. it's you know like what would you have to be depressed about? Right. You know what I mean. 
I know that you're a writer in that process. Is writing like therapy for you? Absolutely. Writing, um, you know, along with God and family, it has saved my life in many ways. Um, you know, I take pride in being able to, like, you know, look out for my family and, um, you know, being able to even look out for the 10-year-old in me that's been wanting to do this since she was mm-hmm. 10 years old. And mm-hmm. now I, like I have the opportunity to do it. So it's like, you know, I want to make her proud, too, because mm-hmm. she didn't sacrifice a lot of her childhood, you know, and not going to parties and things for no reason. So I have to make her proud. Um, but writing for me um, is very therapeutic. Like I said, the song, the aside from it being very lucrative, mm-hmm. which a lot of people realize you don't have to be a singer or a rapper to, you know, work in this business. Like right. being, a, being a songwriter is so fulfilling and it's very lucrative. But aside from that, um, you know, there's no difference in writing in a journal. You just do it to music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. And um, I like even I'll, I'll be all the way transparent. Like yesterday, mm-hmm. I had I had a little bit of an episode yesterday, mm-hmm. which happens, and, girl. We um, can compare notes on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I really did. I had a little bit of an episode yesterday, and my mom was just like, "Well, come on, let's just get out of the house. Let's go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Let's go do this." And I said, well, mommy, I said, all that's going to do for me is, you know, transport my thoughts from my house to the beach. Mm-hmm. That doesn't help. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't escape my mind. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is occupy it. And I'm going to go to the studio tonight. I already called. I'm going to go to the studio. And I have to, you know, writing for me. It tricks my mind into thinking that um, it's being able to run rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and yes, it is. But. Um, in a in a what's the word in a productive way. Product, right. yes. I mean, let me ask you. To, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Rampant, you know, it's okay. As opposed to it just running rampant and me just sitting and not doing anything. Like writing gives my my brain something to do other than to think negatively. Mm-hmm. Seven. Did you ever go to counseling during this process, or see you know go to any support I groups? Did. Or see a psychiatrist. Yeah, my parents definitely they they found me a therapist because I had been saying it for a minute. You know, I, I, maybe I need to talk to somebody. I should talk to somebody. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, I think that we were all a little skeptical of it at first. That's why I kept saying, "I think I need to talk to somebody." Right. Because mm-hmm. you know, in our in our community, in the black community or urban community, um, you know, churches are therapy. Right. And, right. And always has been, and for me, it always will be. Um, but you know, I'm a firm believer in the fact that the same way that God put doctors down here to stitch us up when we're sick, mm-hmm. he put therapists down Amen. here to help us work through things as well. And so, um, you know, my, my parents, they found me a therapist and I went to her a, a few times and it was very different. <laughs> it's really different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I tried it, but honestly, and maybe it's just a matter of maybe finding one that I like, but I wasn't too too crazy about it you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it wasn't I don't think it was for me or at least that particular experience wasn't for me what Mm -hmm. I can say too even from my own personal experience you know for you people oftentimes they want to they try it once right yeah true and and then there's a they say okay yeah I tried it it." yeah and this feels like what I already thought it was so so, you're not alone right feeling that way but what I can say to you is oftentimes people see 
two, three, four. I mean, a person in my family, it took them like seeing like six different therapists mm-hmm. before they found the right one. And that's, that's not to say that you have to have one. I can definitely see that. Because, you know, there was something in it that did make me exhale a mm-hmm. little bit. I will say that. And maybe it's just a matter of finding the right one. You're, you're absolutely right. Because like for me, and I'll share a little bit of my story with you, Seven. Um, my dad committed suicide when I was seven months old. And wow. uh, my best so friend committed. Thank you so much. Um, and it's been hard. And I would be lying if I said it wasn't. And I kind of buried myself in my work for a lot of, for a long time. Um, and then my best friend committed suicide three years ago. And I wow. contemplated suicide myself two years ago. Um, I did not take anything, but it was very real. And yeah. I seriously contemplated it. And I know you talked about that you know the contemplation or ideation um before what was that kind of like for you and how did you get through that because I for one had to see a psychiatrist and and got on antidepressants and even now like I still have certain triggers and I realize I still need to find you know the right therapist that I can see on an ongoing basis or the right support group um what was that period like for you when you contemplated suicide that particular period was I I have never been in that place ever in my yeah, entire me life, either. Mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to go back there ever again in life. Amen. Um, I felt like I was in a really bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. I really did. I felt like I was in a really bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like having this conversation with myself. Like it's crazy to be the person going through it, but also being able to somewhat be outside of your body and saying, "Girl, what's you know going what I mean? on?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And girl, like, is this where we are? Mm-hmm. Is this what you're doing? You really sitting here with this knife, mm-hmm. really, but not being able to fight off the other part of you. It's like somebody has a blindfold over your face. Yeah. Like, I just didn't see anything getting any better. So, who helped you through like, that? My mom okay. and my dad. Like, my mom and my dad. And I always, I, I say, always, I leave with my mom only because I'm a girl, and you know how girls are yeah. with their mamas. But I have an amazing father. My parents have been together 31 years. Wow, what a blessing. Um, and they are probably the greatest support system you could ever ask for in your life. And I know I'm very fortunate because everybody is not, you know what I mean, fortunate to, to have that. So I, I don't true. take it lightly. I don't take it lightly at all. Um, um, but for me, my my parents and my brother, um, I always call my brother my twin soul. That's my twin soul. But he's younger. He's five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, you know, outside of my parents, he he understands my heart. They have the same heart. But my um my my parents and um, my mom, because I remember one night in particular um, where it was really really bad. We were both sleeping on the couch in my place in L.A. because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to I didn't want to sleep in the room by myself. And so we were on the couch, and um, she had fallen asleep. I was up. And my cousin, that's another one, my cousin JJ, um, who was her nephew, um, my aunt is my pastor. So we, we all be in this together. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my aunt is my pastor who I talk to, who I, I'll call at 5 o'clock in the morning and she'll answer and we'll talk to. But her son called me one night, um, probably about, I don't know, it had to be in Florida. It was probably about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And my mom was asleep and I answered the phone and I was like, hey. And he was like, what you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just sitting up, like, you know, I'm just up, just, it's up, just thinking, and literally, when I tell you everything that, um, every negative thought, and, uh, you know, thought of suicide, and 
all that stuff that the devil was feeding to me while my mother was asleep, mm-hmm. he started to ramble off and, and say it to me and speak scripture to me and speak life and God to me and um, ended up waking my mom up. And I said, I said, you know, mommy, I said, mommy, we have to pray. Like, let's pray. Let's just pray. Let's just pray. And this whole time, I'm like, you know, I'm real shaky, like tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And so we get on our knees in my living room and we prayed. And in the middle of um, my prayer, I got up and I ran to the bathroom and I threw up. I had another gross, oh, but I wow. vomited everything that was in my body. Oh, my gosh. reason why I say um, I don't, you know, I don't know who is listening that understands what that means biblically, at least what I've been taught growing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, I believe that suicide and depression is, is also it's a spirit. And um, that's the way that I view it. Everybody else may not view it that way. But for me, um, you know, between the prayers from my mom, with my mom, prayers from my dad, my cousins, you know, speaking life and scriptures, my aunt waking up, my pastor, my aunt who's my pastor waking up five o'clock in the morning, my dad sending me random text messages and scriptures, like all of those things um, made the difference. It saved my life. Um it really did save my life and you know you asked how i got through that period of time that's how i got through that period of time i saw your breakfast club interview and i was, um your mom was with you at the breakfast club interview and mm-hmm. she was saying how you know at one point it was a little bit difficult for her to accept because how she um maybe viewed spirituality and knowing mm-hmm. that it was always like, you know, the power of prayer. And I come from the same kind of family, like that my grandmother is that for me. So, yeah. you know, like, um, was it anything that made either you, your mom or your support system feel like, you know, this is when we would probably need to see someone? Yeah, because, you know, there were plenty of days that were really bad for me. And I think that, you know, even as a praying mother and, and, and a mother that is, is, you know, has a direct line. Mm-hmm. Uh, to God, like right, like I said, God put therapists down here for a reason. Absolutely, God put surgeons down here for a reason. He put all types of doctors and nurses, and He equipped. They're here for a reason. We have to utilize them. Mm-hmm. And I think that even the prayer warriors, you know, Christian and her, um, I believe that God spoke to her too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and said, okay, you know, it's okay. You know, people think that. It has to be either or, either you're right, right. That's or you absolutely, or you go to a therapist, or not realizing that even in the in the faith, at times the pastor is the therapist. It's the same concept. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously, not Not, necessarily the same concept, but just not in training, positivity, right, 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 and, and being able to be objective, right, right, and help talk you through it. Um, right. But I think you're right, like. It's not about one or the other. I think you need both because just as so my, I had a little bit of a different experience. You know, my pastor told me I can pray with you, but I can't pray, pray off this you. away. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I actually was at a point where I really needed medication. And I think everybody's situation is unique. Very true. Um, and I'm yeah. really I think your story, Seven, is intriguing um, because we've often, you know, a lot of the people that we've talked to free on the show, as mm-hmm. you know, um, most people see a psychiatrist and they see a therapist, but they don't talk about the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Of it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting perspective. And I think, you know, both go hand in hand. You know, like you said, yeah. just like if you have cancer, you know, you're going to go to the doctor. 
um, and and get your chemo or your mm-hmm. treatment or whatever that's needed. Right. And you're also going to be on your knees, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. morning, Absolutely. noon, and night. <laughs> That's and asking God to give you that courage to even that. get that chemo. Right. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right. That is the best way I think I've heard anybody say that. Like, that is such an amazing, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you need, I think you know? Because in our, in our community, they don't look at being sad or frustrated or like you're going through something, you know, a.k.a. depression, right. as an actual illness. And mm-hmm. it is. And it really is. Like, it's just... And there's and would you be embarrassed if you you know and I, I'm only I'm not saying this or speaking from because I've actually had it or gone through and I'm not taking away from anyone who actually has had you know to deal and battle with cancer I've I've lost a grandparent to cancer my aunt is a cancer survivor so I'm very you know sensitive to Absolutely. that but you know the you know mental illnesses are just as serious as you know battling a cancer battling mm-hmm. um, you know any of the other diseases but i think that you know platforms like this and you guys and you know us being able to talk about it and make will not be ashamed of it you know um i think that it's a it's a start and it's a really great one and i'm really i'm it makes me it makes me so <laughs> not as crazy as the you know the society that you know and you are not crazy my dear mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all we're Thanks. trying to stop get people to stop using the word crazy as mm-hmm. it relates to mental health because it's just the unknown mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. just what what we don't know and kind of what we've been taught in in society and you know and how to use that word um one thing that i'm trying to do more of seven is to really get our executives and artists to talk more about it. Cause like, for example, I, you know, I worked for several major record companies for almost 20 years and, you know, we never talked about self care and, you know, getting depressed. And I've seen several of my colleagues take their own life in the business. Cause it is such a high stress mm-hmm. job. And, and just the, prim- it really is. and now when you look at, cause we didn't even have social media when I was coming up in the business. But when I think I was leaving Motown, like Twitter had started and of course Facebook was there, but now let's talk about the pressures that you see kind of when you're scrolling through people's timeline and the pressure mm-hmm. of an artist to kind of, you know, have live to be here. To or li- yeah. Mm-hmm. Live up to live those up to expectations. Like, What's that like? Because, oh. I mean, I'm sure that is a major trigger and can sometimes bring on depression just as it an artist. Not, I think it is for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, social media just heightens the things that we deal with every day in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you go out wearing somebody having a really nice dress or a really nice pair of shoes, whether you're a male or a female, it makes you look at yourself and say, well, dang, am I right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. We all do it. It's the reason why we spend time. Um, yes, and people like to argue and say, no, I do it for me. Yes, we do do it for us. I will say that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's human nature to honestly compare yourself or your life or your job or whatever to the next person. Now, the thing is to not get caught up in it. True. And that's the part that people struggle with sometimes. And I'll be, I'll admit that. I mean, it's, in my business in particular, it's a very competitive business. And I'm competitive with a lot of, there are a lot of, most of them are my friends. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, you just want, it, it's a competitive business. And aside from like having, you know, uh, you know, things being healthy and competitive, you still, like I said earlier, there are things that I want to prove to myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, you know, when you are on, you know, social media and things like that, it can 
for me and my job, because my job is based around um, social media and my interaction with fans. So a lot of times I get to see the, you know, reflections of what I'm putting out. I get to see it through the eyes of other people. So a lot of times with all that, it absolutely does take a toll on you. If you read one negative comment amongst 20 good ones, that mm-hmm. one is going to, that one is going to, is going to make your ears, uh, you know, make your antennas go up and it's going to make you think about it. Mm-hmm. And then when, if you think about it too long, and especially if you're already not in a, in a great right, place, exactly. think about that one thing too long. You know, it can also, it can very well be a trigger. Mm-hmm. No matter how big or small um, a tweet is or a post or whatever, um, you know, that's why, you know, it, it's just important to kind of have yourself in the best place possible, especially for me. Um, but, you know, but yes, it does play a, it does play a role in, in terms of triggering things for sure. And I think that, you know, that's that goes definitely for celebrities because it's um, heightened, but even to the common person, like, the average person now is trying to live up to what they curate, you know, because mm-hmm. we're we create what we want our social media to look it's like. Almost like a facade. It is completely <laughs> a facade, you know. And so people are looking at this and they're kind of like looking at their real life and comparing to what people think of them and online believe in the hype. and believe in the hype. Right. And so people right. want to make sure that they're looking and living. But sometimes you can go to someone's house or if you know them beyond their social media and none of what you see on social media is how they really feel or the things that they really go through. Absolutely. I know a couple of them. Right, me too. <laughs> right. And before I expressed to my fans, you know, what I was going through, you know, with the exception of, of me going through some ups and downs and posting about those, but for the most part, you would think that Seven was always happy, Seven mm-hmm. felt sexy 24-7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven, um, you know what I mean? Seven was a, you know, was a sassy talking. I mean, that is very true. I am a little sassy talking. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. would think that, you would never think that I was dealing with what I was actually dealing with. So tell me this, like, having gone through all that you've experienced as it relates to depression, um, what is kind of one myth that you would like to dispel That's a great question. around mental health or around depression? Well, I'll say that, for one, um, how do I put this? I'll say that we've all, everybody, we've all dealt with depression on on one scale or, or another. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a matter of the size of it. And I think that people think that oh, I've never been depressed. I've never gone through something. And I always say to them, well, if you've ever had a day where you didn't want to get out of the bed because something, you know, seemingly negative affected your mood mm-hmm. and you were bothered by it and you didn't want to talk to anybody, that's a level of depression. It's just a very, 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 very tiny level of it because that's all dealing with depression is. It's just a matter of the amount of things that um, are bothering you at the time and, um, you know what I mean, and and how long it makes stifle you but it's just different levels to it and i think that that is what i would tell people i have a question um were your colleagues and you don't have to obviously name names but you know any of your peers in the industry other musicians or you know your close friends were they supportive when they found out what was going on Mm -hmm. oh yeah extremely i had some um some friends who you know have known for a minute that you know some days i have good days some days i don't Mm -hmm. and um, have been extremely, extremely supportive. Like, I'll give you one for sure. Like, Kay Michelle is one of my best friends in this business, and I say it all the time. Mm. And, you know, there were days where I would be 
sad or depressed or upset about something, and I would call and we would talk for hours. She sits there and she listens and she, you know, she finds ways to like, you know, relate. And um, she literally, I, I say all the time, she is one of my closest friends in this business. And she, she definitely understood. She was extremely supportive and she still is to this day. I love that. I do too. That's, That's really so dope. sweet. That's really dope. What do you do? Because um, one of the things I talked about also when I gave a talk uh, at my church not too long ago was the importance of self-care. Because I know for me, like, I've started doing yoga and it's kind of mm-hmm. like help um, calm my thoughts, right. if mm-hmm. you will. Yeah. Some people meditate. Do, are there any things that you kind of um, have incorporated yes. into yes. your daily regimen? Mm-hmm. Well, I work out with my, um, I've had the same trainer for about four years now. Okay. His name is Mike Jones. And um, <laughs> working out, like us training, mm-hmm. it, it automatically, it jump starts my day so that, you know, I don't I don't have a chance to have that. I don't feel like getting out of bed today, you know, still, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We work out, we work out every morning. Um, and then when I'm really preparing something, I go to him in the morning and then I go, to the gym again by myself at night and I run I love to run running for me um that's great is definitely oh my god it's mm-hmm. like it just puts me in the clearest head space it um it almost like it just it's like a trance it is it, it, yeah from the inside out so it's really weird it's like I know it's the physical act but it literally does something to me it triggers something for me from the inside out. It just makes me feel like I'm doing this for me. I'm doing something make me feel better, stronger. Like it just it makes me feel good. Good for you. Did you feel liberated once you kind of like expressed that to your fans? Like was that a I level know it was of a, for me? Yeah, it yeah. Was yeah, but I will say it's harder to tell a lie than it is to tell the truth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. I'm like, girl, boy, listen. Yes. <laughs> so happy like to even be able to talk about it now like mm-hmm. you know I, I, will, I will say this like me and my fans and I think the reason why it was a little bit easier than what I even thought it would be is because we've always talked about truthfully about things you mm-hmm. know what I mean like I've mm-hmm. always in my music you know we've always talked about everything every relationship that I've gone to I've written a song about you know what I mean like mm-hmm. next my song next is I literally wrote it while I was on FaceTime with my ex who I kept going back to oh wow mm-hmm. my fans you know what I mean mm-hmm. and then um it won't stop I literally wrote that record about the guy I was you know my other ex while he was sitting in the room so it's like get out of here I, I felt like, yeah no and he came <laughs> in and heard it um he heard that and no the funny thing is I wrote it won't stop and I wrote bands about the same dude about the same relationship wow. so mm-hmm. literally my fans have seen me go through it you know what I mean mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. my music so we've always kind of had like an open dialogue you know even when I was in my relationship with Bob you know we had mm-hmm. should have been there mm-hmm. and we did the video and they kind of got to see into our world a little bit so we've kind of I've always kind of been me and my fans have always had that type of relationship so that um there was a little part of me that knew that when I did tell them that they were I knew that they would understand me. I think mm-hmm. that's dope. And that's one thing I'll say about you guys in the millennial generation. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm a little bit older than y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it seems like this generation is about um, transparency. Yes, authenticity. And auth- yeah, being your best authentic self um, and being open, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to share. And, you know, that um, there's a quote that I heard that like a person is um, only as sick as their secrets. 
Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that sometimes, like, when you have to hold something yeah. from people, it kind of, like, drives you, you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. drives you a little bit harder, yeah. and it, it hurts a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But when you're kind of able to put it out, a person can't hold it against you. Right. They can't use it against you. Mm-hmm. It can't really be a scandal because no one's, you're in control of your narrative. No one else is controlling it Absolutely. or manipulating it. Right. Absolutely. One, just, I can't thank you enough for being Definitely. so honest and transparent and, and being willing to share with us on our little silence of shame podcast as we try to take the world by storm mm-hmm. and tackle mental health um but i have to have to ask you before we get off the phone um if you can tell us a little bit about the new album uh girl disrupted wow. and are you touring are you gonna you know be in some cool places because we want to support you right and, and what's that name inspired by like what's that name in- yeah, inspired by absolutely. the experience with depression oh man well First of all, thank you guys for having me. I'm, like I told you earlier, um, I was really excited when Cannon told me about this opportunity and to even to talk to you guys, it makes it even more, like just even better. So I'm like Aww. super appreciative. Mm-hmm. Um, You're so welcome. To to you. um, but yeah, girl, just roughly, girl, that's my baby. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, so um, girl disrupted. Um, the, the title, well, it's so it's so weird how sometimes I feel like our brains work in reverse and we don't realize it until we get to a certain certain space what mm-hmm. we just subconsciously did. But um, I'm saying that because Girl Disrupted, the title, um, I remember I was watching that movie and I don't know if it was in the mix of my, you know, my depression or if it was like right before, but mm-hmm. basically... I might have been in that phase mm-hmm. a little longer than what I was willing to admit. Because mm. when I think about when I watched this movie, I'm like, it was a minute ago when I watched the movie. But I was able to find similarities within the movie, Girl Then Interrupted, mm-hmm. with my with real Angelina place. Jolie, right? And parallels yeah. in your yeah, life, and, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it is Winona. Winona Ryder. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was watching that movie and... Um, finding similarities between that movie and my life. And I'm like, okay, here's Winona. She's this girl who's entering into, you know, seems like this pretty simple, cool girl, but she's entering into this crazy, um, you know, in this insane asylum with all these different characters in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that kind of feels like me in this crazy industry that I work in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm surrounded by so many different types of people and characters and, um, you know, it'd be easy to look at at them and in, in this industry that we're in, but I would also have to look at myself too because I'm also here. So what am I really going through? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so when um you know just from watching it, I started to just it sparked other thoughts and whatever. And then when I started to think about um girl interrupted, I'm like, well, how would that be personal to you? Like, what are you going through, Amber? I had to call myself Amber. I had to call myself out. <laughs> What are you going through, Amber? <laughs> and, um, you know, it was just so many things in my life were changing during creating this album. and mm-hmm. But they weren't changing in a bad way. They were changing for the better. That's I just good. didn't really know it yet. And um, it really disrupted things within me. It was like this confusion, this disruption, this mm-hmm. interruption, this, you know, disruption. And But it didn't feel bad. And um, so when I called the album Girl Disrupted, um, it was because a lot of things in my life changed. And um, like I said, I write about what I go through and I wrote about 
all of all of the disruptions, um, mm-hmm. whether it was, you know, about love and you hear songs like, um, you know, before I do or um, if it's about, you know, uh dealing with a, a do a nigga you dealing with a he answer right you got songs uh, like how many mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. dealing with like inspiring yourself and uplifting yourself and um you know getting through something and you have songs like living or forgiving somebody who hurt you deeply then it has um but you don't want to be spiteful and you're trying to move past it then you have songs like everything in me and you know so all like, of those types of the, the the subject matter in those songs they help when you're going through definitely mental health issues yeah. so whether you know it or realize it or not i think that's something yeah. that our audience can can definitely relate to mm-hmm. because i always tell people you know when you when people think mental illness sometimes they think it's such a heavy subject right mm-hmm. and they're afraid to talk right. about it and they think that mm-hmm. it's either, you know, some more severe and serious disorders. Mm-hmm. But I tell people, you know, you could be one traumatic experience away right. from dealing with depression or anxiety. That could be the loss of a loved one, the loss of a parent, a breakup, a divorce, or what have you. And so I think all of those are life lessons and, and things that we yep. can relate to as we, you know, start to peel back the layers of what's really going on in our psyche. And it doesn't have a look. It doesn't always look the, a certain kind of way. Exactly. So where, right. where can we get your album and how can we follow you and are you going on tour? Man, um, yeah, I'll be on tour. We're actually figuring throughout. We're um, probably going to be either this fall or at the latest, like September, but I'll definitely be on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, the album is on all digital platforms, so you can get it on iTunes, um, but you can also stream it, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, um, you know, you can stream it on all of your, you know, your streaming sites. Yep. And, I'm just super excited. It's Girl Disrupted. Got a lot of dope features with Khalifa, Ty Dolla Sign, August Alcina, Dave East, Dave Nice. Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, make sure you go out there and get it. And it's, yeah, on all of your digital platforms. Congratulations. Yeah. Big, big, so big ups. Because this is your first album, right? All the others were like EPs? Yeah. Yeah, it's my first album. This is my baby. Yeah, congratulations. That's huge. Yeah, we are so proud of you. And, and much continued success. And we're going to be doing some Silence the Shame conversations around the country. And I love to stay in touch. And maybe we can have you on one of our yeah. panel discussions if it makes sense with your schedule. Man, this hit me, man. I'm here. I love that it. That would be dope. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank thanks, you. guys. You've been listening to Episode 9 of Silence to Shame Podcast. Until next time, peace. Peace. If you or anyone you love needs a hand, please shine light on the darkness. Spark the conversation. It's time we silence the shame. Let's talk about it.